0: live better and longer with the fitness show hosted by fitness expert author and tv personality fitz kohler she'll tell you why diets are dumb supplements are snake oil and the truth about how you can earn a lean hard pain-free and athletic body now for our favorite bossy blonde fitz kohler Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your very noisy race announcer and fitness expert from fitness.com. and welcome to the Fitness show. Today's show is going to be important. I think they're all important because I'm always talking about health and fitness and poking you guys and giving you a shake and trying to get you to do better and be better. But I think today's show is going to be very important, perhaps uh, imminently life-saving to many of you. So Um, As it's no secret, in 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I had a real fun time for about 20 months doing chemo, radiation, surgery to save my life and get past it, and I did. And as a result of that, I ended up writing slash publishing this memoir, My Noisy Cancer Comeback, which details my adventures with uh, cancer care and the collision of cancer care with the running industry. and you know, hopefully it's helpful. I think it's pretty funny, and it's also very hopeful. But because of this book, I've really been exposed to so many other people's new diagnosis and and experiences with cancer, which, um, you know, it's it's a it's a mixed bag, right? It's a mixed bag. Number one, the fact that I'm helper it makes me so happy that I can connect with so many people going through hard times and uh, uplift them and give them guidance, you know, the guidebook for getting through it with a smile on their face and a better attitude, et cetera, et cetera. But then it's also kind of hard because every single day someone new reaches out and says, Fitz, I need your book for me or my BFF or my dad who's been diagnosed with something and it's tough. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was reached out by a friend I met after running the Boston Marathon in October. so it's January right now. That's three months ago. We're talking about a super healthy guy. We're not talking about somebody who takes any aspect of his health for granted. He's someone who pushes the envelope. he he qualified for Boston, make no mistake. And he really, really cares about his health. And so um, he had a scary news and he reached out for me to me for some guidance and comfort. and by all means, I'm no oncologist. I'm no expert but I can be a good friend and that's what I've tried to be. And along with his new diagnosis, he said, hey, I want to help. I wanted to make sure other people can prevent this while they can and get early diagnosis when they can as well. So um, Phil Decker, recently diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and he has the courage and the passion to speak to you all to make sure you guys get the uh, precautionary care you need and end up in a good place, as I expect Phil will be soon. So welcome, Phil. Hey, Fitz. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. So we both wore our Boston gear. I got my Boston buddies because that's our our running team where we met at the post-race party in October, and you got your marathon shirt on.
1: Yeah, uh, the only Boston Buddy shirt I have is a singlet. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> oh,
0: you look great in your singlet. <laughs> Don't be shy. So, Phil, uh, before we get into your diagnosis, tell me about you. Tell us about you. Who you are? How old you are? Where your family? Your work? All the stuff. Sure. Um, so, I am. A, I'm a father.
1: I'm married. I'm 46 years old. I got two great kids. I got two two daughters. Um, I, uh, 16 and 13 light of my life for sure. Um, I've always been into sports. Um, I was a varsity athlete all four years in, in in high school. I did very physical jobs throughout college. I fought wildland fires. Um, and then after college, I worked on a hotshot crew. Um, I've always, like I said, I've always been involved in sports. When I was 40, I decided to do something that, uh, I didn't like, which was running. I was was not a fan of running at all. So I ran my first 5K in uh, 2007. Um, After about a year, I started to like it. I really loved the running community. Um, Then I progressed. I did a half half marathon, a half Ironman. Um, Ran my first uh, marathon in Indianapolis. Um, My friends kind of thought I was a little bit nuts. And they said, you know, I, I said I wanted to qualify for Boston. And I did um and then i got to boston met uh for my first boston in october um i like i said we're on the same running team which uh, absolutely awesome people they've been you and everybody else have been great throughout this and uh running is probably one of my big passions now um simply not only because it's a great sport but the, the people in it it's 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 wonderful so
0: yeah, it is uh, such a gift. It's not just the effort, right? The left foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. It's about the people, and um, it's amazing how many people are like, "I hate running," but no, I love running. Why do you hate it? Because it's hard. Why do you love it? Because it's hard. Um, but yeah, you're definitely an epitome of health. Where do you live?
1: I live in Cedar Rapids, Idaho. Or Idaho, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Okay. Uh, we we moved here from Indiana about 12 years ago, from Indianapolis and in Carmel, Indiana. Um, I I run. Um, sales for a company called Midwest Janitorial Service. We have eight offices in Iowa um, and I've been there about eight years.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So before we go further, I want to remind anyone who's watching, you are welcome to comment, ask questions, just use the comment section wherever you are on social media. And I can bring those up as I see fit. So Phil, about two weeks ago, um, you gave me the call in. And before we go there, it's Colon cancer is the third most common cancer diagnosed in America. Is that true? I, be,
1: I believe so. Not only that, but even more so, it is the second leading killer behind lung cancer in terms of cancer. Okay. Um, and from everything that I from hear from my doctors and from what i read in the last three weeks, it's it's really growing. Um, it's a growing cancer, especially among those under 50. And the biggest thing that I want to stress here is, if you get a colonoscopy, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to, sixty percent of of colon cancer deaths are preventable, and that's huge. That's you know that's a lot of people that that could be saved if if they just go in and get a colonoscopy. And that's
0: yeah. And let's discuss right there when they do the colonoscopy, if your physician sees a polyp, which is a precancerous issue, they yep. can remove it right there, and there's no other, well, maybe skin cancer. They see something and they can remove it before it goes deeper. But with breast cancer, for example, there's no, oh, this might turn into cancer one day. Let's get it out. Colon cancer has this great gift of the colonoscopy where they say, hey, we can see trouble coming. Let's remove it. And then boom, your problem is solved before diagnosis even happens. So um, just want to make that clear because we are going to go down that road. So tell, uh, tell everybody what happened about two weeks ago. Why did you go in for a colonoscopy? So I, I have a,
1: I got to give my primary physician, um, Dr. Allen, Alicia Allen, all the credit in the world. Um, she's a great doc. She's a personal friend of mine and I've always, I've I've always trusted her and I think you got to trust your primary doc. If you're going in your doc and you don't trust them, you're probably going to the wrong, the wrong doc. Um, I've always just gone in for an annual physical. I don't, I don't get sick much. Like, like you said, I mean, I, I just, I can't remember the last, I was trying to remember it the other night. Probably the last time I was really sick, I had maybe a sinus infection 15, 16 years ago. I mean, I that's the last <laughs> time. Yeah. that's the last time I missed a day at work, right? Um, so when I would go in for my, for my physical, she wouldn't say, hey, you need to get this test or that test. Um, but I went in this year and actually I went in before Boston. Uh, so it was probably about Octo- right around Oct- October 1st. And she said, hey, you know, you're 46 now. The guidelines have changed. I want you to go in and get a colonoscopy. I said, okay, I got it. Uh, you know, she, and she never asked me to do something before. And honestly, my thought at the time was, you know, I'm really healthy. And I even asked her. I said, I'm really healthy. You know, why why can't I just rate till 50? And she's like, Phil, it's not a big deal. Just go in and get this done. She said, well, schedule it for after Boston, but I need you to get it done. Um, and then they called me uh, probably in November, right around November, and they said, hey, we got a date for you, uh, January 5th. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll come in and get it done.
0: Okay. And so you did, you went in you got the colonoscopy and, and, uh, the, nobody likes colonoscopies and, and let's very clear for a colonoscopy. They have to go in through the back door to yeah. check out your intestines and your rectum and, and to make sure there's no trouble back there. So it doesn't sound like a fun experience. What was your hesitation? Did you have any hesitation with getting the colonoscopy?
1: Yeah, so I, I had that those the same kind of hesitations, um, not knowing what you're what you're getting into. Um, sometimes, you know, we aren't re- real detailed on what, what happens. If you ask your friends, they're not going to give you a real, a great explanation of it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to make it really clear. The hardest part, honestly, was just drinking, you, you know, before you do it, the prep. And you know, I'm sure everybody's heard about the prep. You have to drink some some things that aren't the best tasting. Um, and then they're, they're basically designed to clean clean your bowels out. Um, there was no pain involved with that whatsoever. Um, when I went in for the colonoscopy, they put me to sleep. I don't remember any of it. I had you know virtually um, a day and a half. I actually, had a, a friend of mine reach out to me. She's a great runner, and you know runners worry about when they can run again, right? Yeah. I, I ran two days ago, uh, two days after the colonoscopy. So there was no issues. I mean, I just had a little pain in my my, my abdomen, but very little. I mean, if I wanted to run that next day or do something I could, I could have. Okay. Um, so it, it was a super easy procedure. Um, I came out of there. Um, they, the, like you said, with, with the polyps. I didn't have a, I didn't have any pops. They found a mass. Um, they found an actual mass, but they were able to biopsy it while they're in there. Um, unlike your experience with breast cancer, where they had to do, where they said, Hey, we found a lump and now we have to go in and do a biopsy, which would be a pretty painful experience. Right. Um, I was, they were already in there. So they took the biopsy out. Um, I had the biopsy results back within 24 hours. Uh, so it went really quickly. And as far as the pain, just, I've been to the dentist a million times and had way worse experience. For
0: sure. <laughs> well, that's that's good because <laughs> I think people are, are afraid and I get it and you know, maybe girls are a little more um, comfortable being with invasive procedures, but the, the annual gynecology visit isn't a isn't a fun time. It's also not the worst time either. A Pap smear isn't a party, but it also isn't miserable. Mammograms—they get such a bad reputation, but it's just a little pressure. I mean, I've never been like, ow, oh, stop squeezing my boob." It's just—I um, think the fear attached to some of these scans is, uh, outlandish and obviously detrimental because if you're putting off these scans, because you're afraid of a little pain or discomfort or embarrassment, you know, I mean, the colonoscopy, that's certainly something that's more invasive, but these doctors have seen it all. Your tush is no different than the last tush they've seen. And, um, it really is important. So, so you reached out to me the day of your, um, colonoscopy cause they, you came out of it and they sent you straight to an oncology consultation, correct?
1: They did. Yes. Yep. It was like, Oh, we they, they walked out of there. They gave my wife a couple of forms and they said, you're going to go talk to the oncology care counselor. And then we're going to send you down to get blood work. I thought, well, that's, I don't know if that's a great sign. Right. right. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, and I reached out to you, I, Um, I knew your background and I, um, at that time, I wanted to talk to somebody that really kind of understood what, what this meant, (laughs) essentially.
0: Yeah. And so what, what was, what was that experience like for you and your wife? Um, I think,
1: you know, we were, we were at the time, I think we were pretty, we were pretty shocked, honestly. Um, We were shocked and we, we were, also kind of glad that they, that they found it so easily, mm-hmm. um, that they found it that quickly. Uh, they moved very, very quickly, which, you know, all of us have been to the doctor. You go to a doctor, like you go to your physical, and you got to go in three or four days before to get the blood test. Um, and, you know, then you maybe get the results in time, but sometimes it'll take a week, right, or you get right. another test. Um, what I've learned with with cancer is if you – if once you have cancer is if you need a test, it's like – well, you get an answer that day which is awesome which right it's it, it's great they 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 don't let it linger very long at all um but it was you know there were some times there where you, you know you I never thought you know what why is this happening to me it was just kind of getting your your arms wrapped around that I was going from being a very healthy person with no symptoms um the doctor was kind of surprised that I didn't have any symptoms I had a for, for your audience I had a a four to five centimeter mass in my colon, um, which is about two inches, which they say is about the size of the lime. Wow. Um, I wasn't experiencing any blood in the stool, any blockage, um, any problems eating anything like that. I was still, I'm, you know, to this day, I'm still running a- every day and, 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 lifting weights three times a week. So, that was the, the most shocking part is, hey, I, I, if you looked at me on the outside, you would think, hey, this, is, this person's very healthy and, and
0: they're doing a lot of things right, um, but you don't know what's- People will just ignore, which is just insanity to me uh, because these symptoms or these side effects are red flags. This is your body saying, hey, something's wrong. So I'm just going to read <laughs> off the list they have here from the fight colorectal cancer website. Um, ongoing change in bowel habits. Stools that are narrower than usual, which would mean there's a blockage, Um, blood in the stool, rectal bleeding, frequent gas pains, bloating, fullness, or cramping something women specifically ignore because they've just come to accept that as part of having monthly menstrual uh, symptoms. That is not normal to have this full time um, weight loss for no known reason, feeling very tired, weakness, and fatigue. So you weren't having any of those things. But if anybody is having these symptoms, straight to your doctor. You go, correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I I can't, you know, I can't stress, stress this enough that, you know, everything can look fine on the outside, but you could have some real issues going on on the inside. And if I would have waited six months to get this colonoscopy, we would be much, you know, we would be having a much different discussion. I have all the confidence in the world that I'm going to be able to get surgery and beat this thing. Um, but that outcome could have been very very differently and if i would have waited till 50 uh, i I'd, I'd be in big trouble
0: absolutely absolutely so um you get the oncology counseling and then the biopsy then very next day you're 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 given a phone call or did you go in for the appointment
1: yeah so they they gave me a phone call um and you know i i mean i would have bet my I bet my house that it was cancer. Um, they gave me a phone call, um, said it was cancerous. Uh, they asked me to go in and get a CT scan. Um, so this my um, colonoscopy occurred on Wednesday. Um, by Monday the tenth, I was getting I was getting a CT scan. Um, so everything went pretty pretty quickly. They set me up with an oncologist um, that I would see on Wednesday that Wednesday, um, and then yeah, that I mean they were they were moving fast, which is great. In, yeah. in some ways,
0: <laughs> and I was asking you a lot of questions like, why are they doing this? Why is it going so fast? Better fast than not. They moved me at warp speed, which I appreciated because I wanted to be, I just, I wanted to kill it right away. I wanted the cancer killing to start. I was also very afraid of the process. You know, it's scary, but um, yeah, let's get this cancer killing show on the road worked for me. Absolutely. Do you want me to talk about what happened then with, after the CT scan? Yeah, please.
1: Sure. So um, for those of you who haven't had a CT scan, um, what they did was they, they do a CT scan for me from basically uh, from my knees all the way up to about my neck. Um, and they put a dye in and it kind of makes you want to pee, to be honest with you. Um, it's an inter- interesting feeling.
0: But a dye no, in through your
1: arm and IV. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. And it warms you up. Um, no, no pain associated with it at all. Um, and when they did that, um, they found five spots in my liver. Uh, they didn't think that both, uh, both the surgeon and the, uh, oncologist didn't think that it was going to be a big deal. So they went ahead and they scheduled me for surgery, um, to happen that next Tuesday to take, to take about an eight inch piece, of my, uh, colon out to, to get the tumor removed. Um, and then they found out when they, they did a intravenous, uh, MRI on the liver they found out that those, those spots were cancerous also. And that kind of moved us to a, to a different stage, but, um, we, we, we got great news today. The, the, uh, we got a PET scan, which lights, lights your whole body up and they go in and they look at your lobes and they look at everything. Um, just have cancer. I I say just have, but I just have cancer in the colon and, and the liver. And that's very, uh, it's operable. And with, you know, with some hard work, we should be able to get it fixed. (sighs)
0: <sighs> Amen. Amen. I'm so glad it's operable. So tell, tell us what the game plan is now.
1: Um, the game plan is I go to, um, I go to Mayo tomorrow. Um, I meet with, uh, I'm going to meet with a new oncologist. It's a little, um, a little past the depth of the oncologist here. Um, they will take me to Mayo I will probably either, one of two things will happen. I will either do chemo to shrink the tumors that I have in my colon and my liver. And then once they're small enough, they will go in and then they will cut those out. Or they might try to cut them cut them out all currently and then do chemo after that.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, you know, what's interesting, um, here's one of our, my fellow Hello. breast cancer patient friends, Tara Andrews, pew, pew, that's right. That was my sound of cancer killing, pew, pew. So now I'm turning over the uh, cancer killing weapons to you, Phil, you've got the pew, pew guns. I got um, a different
1: poo, poo going, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <poo-poo. laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's it's interesting those doctors the oncologists the radiology oncologists they will and a surgeon they will get in an office and they will shout at each other about you that's a really comforting thing when i chose my medical team that they interacted um, amongst each others and they would they would shout at each other over their um stance on what should be done and and i thought that was very impressive that you you have an entire medical team you know, game planning specifically for your case. Oh, hold on. We got it. We got another guy in on his pew pew. That's Phil Shin. Hey, Phil. <laughs> and Phil, I met, he had a liver transplant from liver cancer. And I met him uh, three years ago. must've been 2019. I think I was going through my treatment at the time. And he was, um, he was fresh out of liver cancer treatment, running the marathon, which is pretty awesome. So, um, and then Phil was with us in October. And he ran Boston as well. But, uh, Phil's a great athlete, much like you. And I'm sure you guys are going to connect often to rub antennas about your training and so forth. Oh, 2020. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Uh, so, yeah. So you've got some work ahead of you. Uh, it's interesting. One of my nurses, my second chemo nurse, he told me once, and I, I asked about stage four. I said, well, that sounds scarier. Than stage one, he said. Well, it is, but the drugs that they used to kill one aren't killing a different cancer when it's stage four. They just have to kill it in more spots. And so, if you think about it, that that same drug that's effective on cancer A is still effective on cancer A wherever it is. It just, you know, it's got to got to take its toll throughout your body.
1: I, I the way I've kind of looked at it is, you know, you you look at a heavyweight fight; it's a twelve round fight, and if you get diagnosed with stage four, the cancer just got a four-run, maybe got a four-round head start on you, but you still got eight rounds to go, and um, that's plenty of time to win a fight. So, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at it that way, and, and you know, just because they got a little bit of a head start, and the good thing, you know, thing about cancer is it sneaks around and it hides, but you know, eventually it's got to come out, and you know, it
0: at some point it's gotta, you get to swing back for sure. So. Absolutely. And you know what? It's um you're a healthy guy. And so that counts. That counts. It's interesting how many people say, Well, you're to me, you know, fitz, you're so healthy and you got cancer. What what why should I try? All right. Well, I got cancer, but I also traveled the country. I, you know, I did extraordinary things. Well very sick with chemo. Why? Because I was because I was fit going in. And because I had fitness going in, I didn't, I wasn't hospitalized for a month. I never had a feeding tube. There was all these things I avoided because of my health and fitness up front. And does that make us immune to genetic issues? No. Or, you know, Lord knows why you have this. You're doing all the right things, Phil. So um I don't know. Maybe your doctors have an answer that I don't. Uh, They don't. Mine never had an answer on why I was diagnosed with breast cancer, but every last one of them looked me in the eye and said, "You are in so much better, so much of a better place because of your health and fitness than you would have been if you were um, not so committed." So your your fitness certainly matters.
1: Yeah, I I just want to. I think you bring up a great point, Fitz. Um, You know, I, I I hear all the time from people when they say, "Hey, you know." like, like just, you said, you know, you've done all the right things, but you still got cancer. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That I did. But I came into this fight, you know, in the best shape of my life. And it's going to be a heck of a lot easier for me to, to fight this than it would have been if I was in a different, different situation. I I tell my daughters all the time, you know, the only thing you could, the only thing you can control is what kind of shape you, you are going into something. I've, since found out my grandpa was in the silent generation that didn't talk a whole lot, that this is definitely probably genetic. Um, he had colon cancer, um, and he had liver cancer, um, when he was like 89 and 90. And now I knew he had prostate cancer, but I didn't know that he had the liver and the the colon side of it. So, um, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, but you know, like you said, you you know, this can happen to anybody. Um, but I would, I would much rather be in the shape that I'm in today than going into this and being out of shape and having to, 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 to battle it that way. Um, I wake up in the morning and I, I can still run and I can still lift and do those things. And I feel like I, you know, I just got done with a, I did a great run today. And the whole time I was on the treadmill, you know, I, I kind of give myself a mantra that, you know, let's, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take a piece out of cancer today. I'm, I'm fighting back with my, with my body, you know, and that, you know, it it messed with the mess with the wrong person. And, you know, we're, we're going to get to work today and we're going to send white blood cells their way. And, you know, it's not going to get a free ride. They're not going to get a guy that's just going to sit around and, and, and let them eat, eat away at my body. I'm going to come, come back fighting. And I don't know if that's the perfect answer, but I haven't had one doctor and I'm sure you didn't say, Hey, stop doing what you're doing. Um, so I'm going to keep doing it until, you know, until I, till I can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been telling people for a long time is prepare your body to do battle today because you never know when illness or injury will strike. And when it does, if you are strong and fit going into that battle, you are going to be far less likely to succumb to the ailments and far more likely to rehabilitate and recover quicker than you were if you weren't. And it's interesting today with the COVID, you know, there's not a lot of healthy folks like you and I succumbing to COVID. Sure, you might get sick. Everybody gets sick. Everybody gets a rash every now and then or a cold or a sniffle or a flu. But the people that are dying are people that have this thing called comorbidities. Some of them are genetic and and God bless them, I feel sad for that. But if you have been, if you have taken a wrecking ball to your health and you've gorged and you've avoided exercise and you've drink a lot of alcohol and you've smoked a bunch of cigarettes and then you expect to be a, a survivor of any sort of trauma i'm just not buying off that that's a rational um expectation but but you're the one who will survive because you are strong and because you're mighty and because you have this great attitude and those things go such a long way phil it's it's proven
1: yeah i have absolutely agree uh, you know i and if anybody else out there is, is struggling with cancer today, the, the biggest thing that, that I've least found is, you know, find the little wins. You know, when I, when something good happens, you know, I, I try to celebrate it, right? You know, with that PET scan today, I told all my friends, hey, this is awesome. You know, it's, it's a win. You know, cancer didn't win today. I got to win. You know, I try to check that in my uh, my column, right? Um, and, and if something bad happens tomorrow, that's, that's fine too, but uh, we'll get up and we're, we're trying to get a win the next day for sure.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. You get no, no extra points for having pity parties.
1: No, you don't.
0: Although it's very human. And I, 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 I admit, I cried probably every day of my cancer nonsense. It was very, very stressful. So how are you managing your stress? Um, I'm definitely the the best way that I can manage
1: my stress is to, is to exercise. That's always been how I've managed my stress. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I think I've told you privately, I'm happy to say I probably cried more in the last three weeks than I've cried in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and, and, that's, and, and that's been a good thing. There's been times when I came out of doctor's appointments, you know, and I came out of one last week and I said to my wife, I said, no, I, I said, I just need to sit down and, ha- you know, take a couple of deep breaths and, you know, understand what he just said and then, and then move and then, and then gather myself and move forward. Um, and I've tried, you know, to, I've tried to, one of the other things I've tried to do is I've tried to go to, and I, I've always I've always tried to do this, but I've tried to go to as many things, uh, my kids that I possibly can, do fun things with my my buddies. Um, you know, I, I don't want to stop living my life, that's for sure, and just say I have cancer. I wanted to look at it and just be like, eh, it's a tiny piece of my life. Um, I still go to work every day. I love my job. I love who I work with. Um, so I want to do as, as, as much as I normally can. And my stress reliever is, is, is absolutely running. Um, I know you you hear all the time that um, running is a form of meditation. And for me, that it's my hour I get when nobody can call me and, you know, (laughs) the kids can't bug me or anything like that. And, yeah, it's my it's my hour. So I'm going to as long as I can do that. And if I can't do that, um, you know, I'll get out and walk as much as I can. Um, And I'm sure there'll be days where maybe I can't, but I'm sure as heck going to try to put on the shoes and get out as far as I can.
0: I love it. I love it. Now, um, I, have you had the conversation with your kids, I'm guessing?
1: I have. Yes. Yep, I, we did. Um, once we got the majority of the plan, we had the conversation with the kids and um, it went fairly well. Um, there weren't any tears from the kids, which was kind of nice because at that point I'd, have, I'd had a lot of tears with friends and things like that. Um, so that was, you know, and I think they taken it well. And I've always, I, I, you know, I wanted. I want them the biggest thing I want them to get out of this is I want them to see their dad and say, Hey, you know, my dad handled this with as much of a positive attitude as he possibly could, and he and he kept trying to do everything that he could. So I want their lives to seem as normal as it possibly can. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it, not
1: it, easy, but
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, I found that um, much like you probably have is it through my life and spin cycle. I went from healthy person and much like you, I didn't have any symptoms. Cancer never made me sick. Cancer never caused me any pain. I never had any, any issue. I didn't know I had this lump until I felt the lump. But other than that, the lump never, uh, it just never caused me any hardship other than just existing. Right. But um yeah, it, it's a lot of control, a lot of intention. You have to live very purposefully. Yeah, and you and I think, you know, the other big thing I would
1: say, too, is um, I try to take every negative and make it into a positive. Um, and when you get the cancer diagnosis, you, you think to yourself, you know, there's some, hey, why me? Why is this happening to me? Or what did I do? You know, what did I do wrong? Nobody did anything, okay. anything wrong. At all. Um, and, you know, my thought was, my first thought was, well, maybe, you know, everything happens for a reason. Maybe this is a sign. Um, I'm like you, kind of noisy. I've been at sales my whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I absolutely love people. Um, you know, I'm not, but I'm not the guy It's like, you know, I don't go to church every week or anything like that. I, yeah. But, but I, enjoy, I enjoy people. And, you know, my thought was, how can you take this and say, How can you how can you help go save save people's lives? And that's you know, that's why I'm here talking to you today is I want to be able to spread the word that if you get a colonoscopy, it's a super easy procedure. And not only could you save your own life, you know, my the question that we we all get when you get cancer is is um, people ask you, what can I do to help? And the biggest thing that I've said to people is you can tell five of your friends, you can use my story and tell them. Please tell your friends, take my story and be like, Hey, here's this guy. who was completely healthy. He just got done running the Boston marathon. And, you know, three months later he had stage four colon and liver cancer. If it could happen to him, it can happen to anyone. And please go get it checked out. Um, and it's made me feel really good. Just, you know, let's just take a a quick sample of probably 10, 10 of my friends that I've talked to and we're all in that 45 to 55 age group where, People don't necessarily do a great job of getting their colonoscopy. And um, out of those 10, I have, you know, I've had five friends that have, that are, that are telling me that they're getting them within the next, you know, in the next three to four weeks. And, you know, I'm going to follow up with them and make sure that that they get those. And hopefully there's no issues or anything, but I would much rather them know now than to find out later. So if anybody's watching, I think that hopefully the best part you can get out of my story is that. It can happen to you. And please go tell five of your friends, you know, male and female, let them know, you know, this stuff happens to, to, to good, healthy, not not that uh, people are bad, it happens to healthy people. Um, And it's, and it's worth getting done. You know, women are great about getting their mammograms and their pap smears and those things. Guys are really terrible about taking care of themselves. Um, So especially guys, if you're out there listening, colonoscopy is not the, this isn't it's it's nothing. I promise. It is a non-event. After you wake up, you know, five hours later, you could probably do what you could probably go do whatever you want after that. It's not a big deal. It takes one day out, out, out of your year, um, and it can very easily save your life, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a very powerful message, Phil, and you're spot on. And so many people are out there saying, "Well, it won't happen to me. It won't happen to me." So I used to have. um Well, I have a group about seven, eight best girlfriends from childhood. I've kept them with me forever. And for the longest time, I kept thinking, gosh, I'm so lucky none of my BFFs have had anything happen to them. Like none of them died. None of them got a disease. I just kept thinking, I'm so lucky my friends are okay. And isn't that unusual? And then all of a sudden I I found out I was the friend. You know, I was the one of us that was going to have cancer I might've been the one of us to go early. It was, it was really alarming. And I don't know if I never had a, it would, or if I ever had it, if it might not happen to me or it won't happen to me mentality. Cause I always got those annual exams. You know, my attitude was if it, even just one cancer cell pops up on my body, I want to know about it so I could crush it right away. And, and I was pretty successful with that, but, um, but yeah, so many people are walking around just with, blinders on. I don't need a colonoscopy. Not me. I'm not going to get it. I don't want to do the prep. Okay. Well, you know, chemo is a lot worse than that prep. I assure you, chemo is a lot worse. And it's so interesting to me that a colonoscopy, they can actually go in there and say, whoop, pre-cancer. Let's get it. Cancer's gone. And um, there's a very clear difference because some people want to do Cologuard. Cologuard is that mail-in thing where basically you poop in a cup and you put it in a box and you mail it away. That will only tell you if you already have cancer. That will not tell you if you have polyps. And it, there is no uh, solution for polyps with Cologuard. Cologuard will only tell you, not when it's too late, but when you've already uh, have cancer. So the only way to cut it off and prevent colon cancer, if it's growing inside of you or has the potential to, is to get that colonoscopy.
1: Yeah, I have a, I have a cousin that took one of those tests and is now going in to get the colonoscopy for, for that reason. And it, 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 if it comes back and you have a bad result, you're going in to get the colonoscopy anyways. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. Oh, and here's the thing. And, and I don't want to poo-poo. <laughs> poo 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 funny the word poo poo. I don't want to <laughs> discourage people from using colagard Cause again, I'm not anybody's doctor, but from what I've been told is if you do guard and you get suspicious results, When you go in for your colonoscopy, it's no longer free and included with your annual screening. It's now considered diagnostic, and then it could be quite pricey. So it just is get the colonoscopy. I'm actually, um, I reached out to my doctor, Phil, and because of you... And another girlfriend of mine, um, I reached out and said, "Hey, I'd like to get my first colonoscopy. How do I do this?" So um, the message from my cancer center just came back. so i haven't I haven't uh, read it yet, but I'm making my appointment. And um, one thing I would like to also share is so you were symptom free. However, um, there are this there's this list of symptoms we went over. Um, changes in bowel habits, stools that are narrower than usual, blood in stool, rectal bleeding, frequent gas pains, bloating, fullness, or cramping, weight loss for unknown reason, feeling tired, weakness, fatigue. So one of my very good girlfriends, back when I was um, diagnosed, probably about the same exact time I found my lump, she was having abdominal issues or digestive issues. And she went into her doctor and complained. And the doctor said, it's probably a gluten allergy. And then she went back and said, I'm still having these issues. It's probably a gluten allergy. And she kept combating, uh, fighting the doctor and the doctor kept ignoring her. And so October, so that's a February complaint. Eight months later, she finally made up some sort Mm. of cockamamie lie to get the colonoscopy. And she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, which is Infuriating because she was complaining about it eight months prior. And so, my message to you out there is if you are having any sort of health issue and you have a doctor ignoring you, scream louder or go to the next doctor. Do not tolerate being ignored if you have justifiable complaints. Do not tell if you know something's wrong with you, if your body is sending up those red flags, those sirens saying something's wrong fight, fight for the attention you need. If you're being blown off, go elsewhere. I don't know who this one doctor is, but I would love to, um, go across the country and strangle that physician because, it, uh, he or she has really made my friend's life very, very difficult. Um, so do not ignore your own system, your own symptoms. And if somebody else is ignoring your symptoms, go find another physician who won't.
1: Yeah. And f- I have a very similar story too. unfortunately, um, Fitz. I had a friend who was complaining. They they kept telling him it was irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, you have irritable bowel syndrome. It it was not irritable bowel syndrome, and it didn't, you know, same kind of situation. They took way too long to find it, um, and they needed to jump on it right then. And the excuse, just so we know when we're talking to people, the excuse that you'll hear from doctors is, well, you're not old enough to be having colon cancer or to have a problem. The rates under 50 and under 45, there's a reason why. And they're, and they're erring on the side of caution. When they drop it to 45, they probably should be dropping it to 40. Yeah. But they're just not dropping it. They're just dropping it to 45, you know, let's be honest, probably for cost. If you're right. having issues and you're having symptoms, you just, you know, like, like you said, you tell them, hey, listen, what's the worst thing that can happen? Let's get a colonoscopy and let's figure it out that colonoscopy is going to be a heck of a lot easier than, than how you're feeling. And then at least they can eliminate that as, as an issue. Right.
0: Right. Right. It's so much more delightful to deal with IBS versus (laughs) colon, erectile cancer. Um, Yeah. And, and what I read is that if you have your colonoscopy and it's clear, you don't have to have another for 10 years. So just suck it up, make the appointment, get through it. And we all have to be brave in various aspects of my life. You know, something like a colonoscopy, I'm actually not really concerned about. I feel like, oh, well, it won't be fun. Mm -hmm. I I panic over the MRI, right? So claustrophobia is my deal. Colonoscopy, woo, it's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody has to be cowardly about these things. Um, Also, you've had a few great Um, comments here. I don't want to ignore. So Phil Shin, um, encouraging you to keep doing all the life affirming activities is going to help you. Amen. Tara, who's going through breast cancer care right now. um, She's saying she has way more better, more good days than bad. And she hopes the same for you. Treatment affects us all differently. That's right. So uh, Phil was reading some of my Scary stories from my book. And I was like, I'm a wimp. You're not going to have the same type of scary experiences, right, Phil?
1: Well, the colonoscopy was a hell of a lot easier than you described your MRI visit. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, this is terrible. And I'm not, I am not claustrophobic. I'm scared of heights. So as long as they don't maybe jump off a high dive and get an MRI, I'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, I haven't had a scary, yeah, I haven't had any scary experiences yet. Uh, maybe check back to me after you have done the chemo part of it. Right. Um, but, right. you know, the way I look at it, I'm sure like you look at it is there's, uh, you know, I'll do any. You could do a lot of things to me. If you could tell me you could get rid of cancer. True. I mean, a lot of really bad things. I mean, I would sign up tomorrow. So bring it on, you know, get, 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 get you, you can do whatever you want. I'm not, it's not going to scare me. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and as you've read on some of my weaknesses, Everybody else I know seems to be having a far better time than I did, so don't use me as any sort of valuable gauge, please, um, please, please, please. You all need right.
1: Vince to hold your hand. I
0: do, I do. Vince to hold <laughs> my hand. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm done. I've, um, I've hit the completion button on all medical issues for me moving forward. But holding hands with Vince is always a delight. So I encourage you to try and get him to stop by and hold your hand, Phil. He's good at it. Um, Dave's had several polyps removed on several colonoscopies. Yeah. Dave, you could be in a bad situation had you not. That's a great testimonial. Phil Shen, um, 100% advice. Good. Got to advocate for yourself. Let's see Tara. Her genetic mutation found that she, that she had with her breast cancer diagnosis also makes her Gives her an increased chance of colon cancer as well. She's already discussed this with the team and we're going to do a colonoscopy after the breast cancer surgery. That's great. That's actually, so I am, um, I printed up some statistics, but yeah, there's a personal family history. Now it's only like 25 to 30% of people with colonoscopy or colon cancer have a family history. So that's a really small percentage. That means those of us who don't have it in our family are still capable. And then, um, <laughs> Tara is one of the people that have, she's one of the five to 7% um, that have a link between it's colon and breast and uh, uterine and ovarian. It's just a mess. So some of us need to have more scans than others. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a tough situation for sure. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So your game plan moving forward, you're still waiting for your official medical, uh, um, the plan, right?
1: I got the team together. Yep. I'm still waiting for the plan. Um, I should have the, I, I hopefully I will have the plan, um, by four o'clock tomorrow. Um, we are start, I'm going up to Mayo tonight to do tests and then I spend all day, um, with the doctor parade tomorrow. And, um, Hopefully we'll, you know, we'll, we'll all get in a room and we'll decide that we're on the same page and we'll we'll move forward.
0: So, Phil, um, it's either surgery first and then chemo or chemo first and then surgery, but you will definitely have both. Is that true?
1: Yes. Yeah. From, from what I've been told, I'd be shocked if, if that's not the case.
0: And um, would they address both the colon and the liver at the same time during surgery?
1: That is the million dollar question. Um, that would be the preferred method for sure, because then they only got to go in and do it once. Right.
0: Um,
1: that, yes, that would definitely, and I would prefer that, you know, it's one surgery versus, versus two, or, you know, like, um, in other people's cases who I've talked to, you know, sometimes you have to have multiple surgeries on the liver. They'll cut half of it out and then they'll let it regrow and then they'll, they'll cut the other one out. Um, but if there's not a lot of times, if there's not, hopefully there's not as much on the liver, they can go in and they can cut out the liver and they can do the colon at the same time. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll see. (laughs) see. That might be asking for a little much, but.
0: (laughs) Well, let's talk about asking for a little much because you have qualified to run the Boston, the 2022 Boston marathon in April. Yes. Yep. Sure have. And, and tell me what your thoughts on that are right now.
1: Um, well, my thoughts are until somebody tells me I'm in a hospital bed um, or I just got out of surgery that I'm going to do everything that I can to do that. Um, I kind of went public last night and reached out to our our running group, the Boston buddies, and I knew I would hear good stories. I'm surprised. Um, you know, we all know, we all know Tim Molay and his stories. I'm surprised that like, he, you know, hasn't been at desk doorstop and done it the next day. Um, so I know there's, there's, there's the great thing about their group, um, you know, Phil's on here today there there's lots of people that um, that reached out to me last night who have had chemo and still done the Boston Marathon uh, who have just came off a surgery um, for cancer and still done it Um, so I definitely have hope and with my PET scan results today I have real hope that I'll get up there and you know they'll you know the quicker they tear into me I guess the better (laughs) because that'll allow me to heal um, and my my plan is uh, as you all well know you know the great thing about the Boston marathon is if you qualify there's a lot of people that get hurt and they're injured and they still go and it's an unbelievable experience even it, it's an unbelievable experience and you know my goal is is, is to just if i can if i could get to the starting line um i'm gonna i'm gonna do it and I'm sure if I can get to the starting line, even if I haven't ran for a month, um, that the adrenaline and the great people of Boston will, will will get me home and all the Boston buddies that you see cheering that maybe aren't in the race that day or, that, you know, they're, they're still there to cheer for you. And, um, yeah, I'm going to do – Fitz, I'll make you a promise right now. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to, to 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 do it. My kids and my wife had some dance stuff for the last one. So they didn't get to come out. Um, you know, they were coming this year. It's Easter Sunday. Um, my parents were going to get to come. Um, so I sure as heck haven't canceled my reservation yet Mm -hmm. and I, I don't plan on doing it. And if, you know, if the oncologist says, Oh, Hey, you know, we're, we're planning on having surgery April 2nd, I'm going to say, well, you need to move that back a week because if we're getting this late in April, we're, you know, we're not going to do it. And, um, I've already talked to my doctor, who is my oncologist, and he's very willing to at least work around with the chemo. You know, maybe give me a week off that week and um, see how we can do it. So fingers crossed, I'll get to toe the line. And it may not be the prettiest and may not be the fastest, but, you know, if I could get there and celebrate with the the rest of the the great runners and that great crowd, I'm sure as heck going to do it.
0: Yeah. I believe in you, Phil. I believe you'll, I believe you'll be there. It'll right. be a big triumph.
1: Yeah. I might need Vince to hold my hand this time. Too. Amen. <laughs> There's some Mary friends of mine that are hurt, right? You know, that, that's maybe they'll hold my hand. As all all you got to
0: do is ask. That's, that's it. right. You make a funny look that Vince, will you hold my hand? Really? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. So um, a couple of things and you certainly don't need the lecture, but I know that we're going to have people watching here that are in the same boat or may soon someday be in the same boat. And, um, you know, again, I already have full faith that you are on the right track, but I'm going through these hard times. Number one thing you got to keep in mind is perspective. You know, for me, it was, I'm not a kid with cancer. It wasn't my kid with cancer and both of those things. I mean, what could be worse, right? So that kept my chin up. Um, number two, I focused on my passions. I wasn't going to miss out time with my kids. And time with the running community and my work. It sounds like you're on the same page. Absolutely. Number three, I chose to stay positive. And that doesn't mean there weren't any tears. There were very, there's a bunch of days, a bunch of hard moments. You know, I would just cry in my bathroom or cry in my car. But mm-hmm. then um, I would wipe the tears off and I would get up and I would go be a big girl and engage with life. And that really um Gosh, that made all the difference in the world, you know, it, there will be tough times and it's going to feel bad and scary and sad, but when there's an opportunity to smile, take it. When someone says something funny, laugh at it, you know, laugh at your own expense. That's, that's really the pages of my book are laughing at my own stupid (laughs) (laughs) nonsense, the who could have thought. And then, um, last but not least, remember that you can do hard things, Phil. Decker, you have done a million hard things and you are a marathoner and you are a businessman. Sales is no easy road. You've raised a great family and uh, you're going to get through this too.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Fitz. And I got your stickers in a couple of places. One of them's on my uh, fridge as I walk out the door and I I touch it every day. You're absolutely right. We can all do hard things. And this is just another hard thing that we're going to get through for sure. All right.
0: How many people... Does each person so everyone needs to commit to going to get their colonoscopy? And how many friends do you want them to encourage to get a colonoscopy? Five,
1: five people. I think that's an easy number, and I think that's you know everybody can. They, they say when you get to our age, you can count your friends on 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 one hand. Your great friends, right? Tell your great friends five people. Um, and I hope at some point we can develop that into a campaign that you know go you know go tell you go save your 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 five best friends' lives. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. I love and it. I love it. You wouldn't do it, right? You know, so all you got to do is, is 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 tell them use my story, use other stories. I found that you know, once I started telling my story that I I'm, I'm definitely not the only one. This happened this has happened to a lot of people um and and very similar stories to mine. So, one in 20 people will get colon cancer in their life. If you tell 5 people and four of us do that, we're going to save one life and that's an easy that's an easy lift for all of us, right? Absolutely. It's very simple.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, and you could share this, this feature. Just click share under uh the this episode of the Fitness show and let people see what it looks like. I'm I'm proud of you, Phil, and I'm grateful for you uh, telling your story. And it's a powerful message. I know we are saving somebody's life out here. I can't wait till someone reaches out and says, Fitz, I got. A colonoscopy because you and Phil and they removed some polyps. And uh, yeah, thanks. It's
1: going to I'm anxious to, I mean, I hate to get that call, but I'd rather get it. I'd rather get that call and somebody say, hey, it's no big deal. You know, they found out the polyps were cancerous. They were able to cut them out while we we're in there and we're all set. No, nothing, no big deal after
0: that. Yeah. Like that. That would have been much easier if you had woken up and heard that, right? I we would have loved that. Talk. Yes. <laughs> hindsight, hindsight. Well, um, look, Brooke Bloomberg, ovarian cancer survivor. Wowie. Mutation requires to get a colonoscopy every year. Every year. All right. Yep. You can do it every year, Brooke, right? If you can do it every year, I'm excited for mine. Do I sound like a weirdo? Get my colonoscopy soon. I'll, I'll <laughs> hopefully reveal some good I want to hear about it the next day, Fitz. I I'm, I'm call I'm gonna call you from I'm gonna call you from I'm say please let me be awake during this procedure so I can my uh, my uh,
1: my surgeon she did hers awake without um she wanted to see it and she did hers awake without uh, any anesthesia at all and she had no issues whatsoever. So it's
0: pretty bad. I think Katie corrective did, did that on the Today show many years ago live as well too.
1: Little mm-hmm. tiny, she's probably five foot nothing, and weighs you know 130 pounds. If she can do it, no anesthesia, anybody can do it with anesthesia. It's I love it. I love it. I
0: love. It. We've now upped the Annie. That's Go right. Yeah. Right. Past it, no anesthesia.
1: <laughs> That's Happy what we're friend. expecting
0: out of you, Fitz. Good luck with that. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, Phil. Well, um, keep me posted, and we'll keep us all posted on your progress. And I have full faith in three months. We'll see you crossing the finish line in Boston amazing. And, uh, for the rest of you get a colonoscopy and get to work. Say bye team. Thank you. Thanks Fitz. Bye.